0: All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. The name of mine is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. And as you're being seated, if you would turn your Bible to Mark chapter 1, the Gospel of Mark chapter 1. On Sunday mornings, we've been in a new series entitled Miracles of the New Testament. We're walking through the Gospels. Later, we'll get to the book of Acts, and we're looking at the miracles of the New Testament. And we're looking at the patterns and principles of these miracles to learn how to apply them to our lives and how we can receive from God. And our Heavenly Father, he has so many good and wonderful things that are available to us, he wants us to receive. And as we've learned on Sundays and Wednesdays, when we receive from God, to receive from God, we receive any good thing from our Heavenly Father by faith. Now this morning in the first service at 9 a.m., my father pointed out a few things that are very important. As we walk through the Gospels, you have to keep in mind that many of these miracles, this is before the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And so in these Gospel miracles, we're dealing with people, in most cases, they were the descendants, the natural descendants of Abraham under the old covenant, but they were not yet born again. They had not yet been born again. And Come into the family of God. They were not yet a new creation in Christ. Also, the Holy Spirit had not yet come. They, they were not yet filled with the Spirit of God. And they were under the old covenant. But even being under the old covenant, unless they were a Pharisee or a scribe or a religious leader, their knowledge of what to them in their day was the Word of God, which we call the Old Testament, their knowledge. Of the Word of God was limited. So you have to keep that in mind. You know, we're we're here at Sunday morning, Sunday morning on Super Bowl Sunday. Great majority of us are saved. Amen. We have the fullness of the Spirit of God. We have all of God's written revelation, both the Old Testament and the New Testament. So don't, don't forget that. Amen. As we look at these miracles and deal with, in many of these cases, people that were not yet born again, had not yet received the Holy Spirit. Their knowledge was very limited. It's important to keep that in mind. We'll begin with Mark's account this morning. Mark 1, beginning in verse 40. A man with leprosy came to Jesus. Now, today, if someone has leprosy, that infection, it's a virus, it can be halted with antibiotics, but the damage done is the damage done. In the ancient world, in Jesus' day, there there was no cure. And this was an infectious disease disease of the skin that ate away at the extremities of the body. The, The fingers, the nose, the ears. And as long as somebody lived, it got progressively worse. And it was infectious. It was dangerous. And so if someone had leprosy by the law, and by the customs of the people, they had to go outside away from the community, away from the community, away from the village, away from the town. They lived in a place where there was what we would call a city. They had, they had to go away. And they would often live amongst other lepers, complete, total outcasts from society, no, no hope of their situation ever changing. Perhaps just dying at some point so the suffering and the misery would end. So this man was a leper, and he came to Jesus. Well, he, like others, later we'll get to the woman with the issue of blood, he, like others, had heard about Jesus and had heard about what Jesus was doing and had heard about the sick being healed and had heard about devils being cast out and had heard about people with impossible situations, their lives being changed for the better. And so a man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees. He said, quote, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, I encouraged you two Sunday mornings ago, you don't have your own Bible, get your own Bible, make it yours, have them put your name on it, read it, study it, use it when you pray, mark in it, underline it. Highlight it. And it's so important because there are things that you need to see in the Word of God for yourself. And today we come to one of these important things in the Gospels, and that is whether or not it is the will of God to heal. Now, if you listen to some preachers, some religious leaders, they, they would have you believe that sometimes it's the will of God to heal, and sometimes it's not the will of God to heal. But when you read through the Gospels and you read through the book of Acts, you'll you'll not find one example. You'll not find one example of Jesus or the disciples or in the book of Acts, the seven young men full of faith and the Holy Spirit like Stephen. You'll not find one example of anyone in church leadership ever telling anyone it's not God's will to heal. And so here we have a man. He's heard about wonderful miracles, and he comes to Jesus, and he is suffering with an incurable disease, leprosy, eating away at his skin, his flesh, eating away at the extremities of his body. And remember, he's not a religious leader, he's not a scribe, he's not a Pharisee. During during our prayer time today, I rehearsed what the Bible says in Exodus: Worship the Lord, and he will take sickness. And disease away from your midst. See, if you study the Bible and read it for yourself, you'll see that God's will, even under the Old Covenant, was healing. God's will under the Old Covenant was healing for His people. That's why the Bible calls healing the children's bread. And even under the Old Covenant, God's will was healing. But we have a new covenant in Christ. And the Bible tells us we have a superior high priest. We have a better covenant with better promises. And better means better. Better means better. It's like new and improved. It means better. But even under the old covenant, which was inferior, God's will was health and healing. Yet, this man, this leper, he was probably not a student of the Old Testament or of the law. He didn't know what I just rehearsed to you out of Exodus. And so he came to Jesus not knowing these things, and he said, not knowing these things, he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And look at the response. Mark tells us, verse 41, filled with compassion. Praise God for his mercy. Praise God for his grace. Praise God for his compassion when there is a a need in our lives, amen? And praise God even in those moments where we should know something and we don't, even in those moments where we might say something in ignorance, praise God for his mercy and praise God for his compassion. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Now in doing that, Jesus technically violated the law because again lepers were to go out away from the community out away from the people and you weren't to go near them you weren't to touch them and this shows us that Jesus was unafraid he was unafraid of sickness and disease no matter how it looked no matter how serious no matter how contagious he was not afraid he touched the man now look at what he said. Jesus said, I am willing. Why don't we say that? Say, I am willing. I am willing. And again, this is law I want you to have your own Bible that you read and study and pray with, and you mark it and you highlight and you underline it. Because there are certain things in the Word of God you have to see for yourself. Lord, if you are willing. And what did Jesus say? I am willing. And so you might be here today and there's a need in your life. It could be a need in your body. It could be a need in your family. It could be a need in your finances. You might, might wonder, is it the Lord's will to help me? Is it the Lord's will to do something good in my life? Is it the Lord's will for there to be provision? Is it the Lord's will for there to be healing? And the answer is Yes. We come to Jesus, and even if we, 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 we should know better from the word of God, but we don't know better from the word of God, even if we say, Lord, if you're willing, his response is, I am willing. I am willing. And you gotta get that settled deep down in your heart. Because to believe God, to have faith in God, to have faith for any good thing from God, you have to know in your heart whether or not It's the will of God. And where do we learn whether or not it's the will of God? We learn from the word of God. Lord, if you are willing. And he said, I am willing, be clean. He spoke words of authority. Immediately. Why don't we all say it? Say, immediately. Immediately. The leprosy left him and he was cured. Now, Now, this is an astounding miracle. This, I would say, is nearly as wonderful as later, Lazarus being raised from the dead, because again, leprosy, it ate away at the skin, it ate away at the flesh, it ate away at the extremities of the body. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. This is an astounding miracle. But nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. I was reading in Exodus yesterday, one of the signs that God gave Moses in Egypt a sign both to the Israelites that they would believe and a sign to Pharaoh. The Lord told Moses to stick his hand in his cloak to pull it back out. And when he did, it was white, leprous-like snow. The Lord said, put it back in your cloak. And he he pulled it out again and, and it was healed, completely restored. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, which means see that you don't tell this to anyone. Now, for us as born-again people with the Holy Spirit, with the entirety of God's written word, with the entirety of his revelation, there are some very important things that we can learn from this passage. You know, growing up in church my whole life, I've seen the Lord do amazing things. And I've seen the Lord do amazing things simply on the basis of grace and mercy and compassion. And it's wonderful. I said it's wonderful. But then how do you go from receiving from God, even if it's on the base of grace and mercy and compassion, to then living out a blessed life all the days of your life? And we see the answer here in this passage this morning. So the man was healed. Then it says, Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone. And why? There was a timeline in place. Jesus had to do some things before the religious leaders began plotting and conspiring to have him arrested and have him, have him killed. There was a timeline in place. So Jesus said, see, you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice as Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Why did Jesus give him these instructions? Jesus had not yet suffered. He had not yet died. He had not yet risen from the dead. So the old covenant, the law was still in effect. And so Jesus was telling this man, you need to do what the word says. You need to do what the scriptures say. You need to do what we would call the Old Testament. You need to do what the Old Testament commands. And he said, go, show yourself to the priest, offer the sacrifices Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. And you can read about that in your Bible in Leviticus 13 and Leviticus chapter 14. There were specific instructions. But look at verse 45. And this is what so many do. And this is why so many don't continue in the blessings of God. And this is why there are so many, and yes, they they can tell you about a time in their life when, when God helped them, when God bailed them out, when God did the most wonderful, astounding miracle. Yet today, they're not walking in the blessings of God. Yet today, they're not walking with the Lord. It's Sunday morning when roll call takes place. Yet they're not in the house of the Lord. And we see the answer here in Mark 1, verse 45. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely. Why don't we all say instead? Instead. So instead of doing what Jesus said do, this man went out doing his own thing. Now to be fair to the man, he, he knew very little. And to be fair to the man, he had been a leper and now he was healed. Can you imagine how happy he was? Can you imagine how excited he was having to live away from friends, having to live away from family, having to live away from the community? If you even went near people, in those days they'd pick up rocks to try and stone you because, again, the the law talked about those things. So to be fair to the man, he had been a leper. He had been an outcast. And now in, in moments he had been healed, cured by the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of God. Can you imagine how happy he would have been? And so the natural reaction is to do what? To tell everyone. Yet, what had Jesus said to the man? Jesus had told him in verse 44, see that you don't tell this to anyone. Go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. But instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. So again, praise God for the compassion of God. Praise God for the the mercy of God. But notice that this man, in doing this, he hindered the work of Jesus. He hindered the ministry of Jesus. And again, there was a timeline in place instead of doing what Jesus said instead of obeying the Old Testament command this man went out and did his own thing and so many believers yes they receive from God in grace and in mercy and then they sadly do the opposite of what the word says do and that's why yes they could point to a time in their life when the Lord did something wonderful yet today they're not walking God's best Today, they're not walking in His blessings. Today, they're not living a victorious life. And the life our Heavenly Father wants us to live as Christians under the New Covenant, as children under the New Covenant, is a life of blessing, a life of victory. Whereas my father said at 9 a.m., based on Colossians 2.15, we enforce the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. And we rule and we reign over circumstances. And we rule and we reign over the works of the enemy in this world. Look at Luke 5, beginning in verse 12, Luke's account. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him. He begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. Be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more. So crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Let's look at Matthew's account. Matthew 8, beginning in verse one. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. So you have three places just today in the Gospels to underline, highlight, star, however you want to do it, where Jesus said, I am willing. And how do we know that he said, I am willing? Because not only did one of the Gospel writers account to that fact, three of them did. I am willing be clean immediately he was cured of his leprosy then jesus said to him see that you don't tell anyone go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift moses commanded as a testimony to them but as we know in mark 1 and verse 45 the man didn't the man and again we under, we, we sympathize we understand he was happy he was excited he was thrilled he was rejoicing but he didn't do what Jesus said. He didn't obey what the word of God said. We had said it this way, he wasn't a doer of the word. Now in this miracle, we see many of the steps of faith that we see not just in the New Testament, but we see all throughout the Bible. We see that Jesus said it. He said, I'm willing, but then he gave a word of command. He said, be clean. So we see that Jesus first said it. And typically, the, these steps follow a certain order. We say it, we do it, we receive it, and then we tell it. I'll say that again just in case you missed it. We, we say it, we do it, we receive it, and then we tell what the Lord has done. But here in this miracle, Jesus said it. Then the man, before anything happened, before any action took place, this man, this leper, he received his miracle, He received his healing, how? On the basis of credit, by grace, by mercy. Jesus said, be clean. Immediately, he was cured of his leprosy. This is the grace and the mercy of God. And this is the new covenant. We can receive salvation. We can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We can receive healing by grace, through faith. Paul tells us, Ephesians 2, we, we receive, we're saved by grace through faith This is not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. We receive by grace, by mercy, by the gift of God and praise God for it. But I don't wanna just know how to receive from God, I wanna learn how to live a blessed life. I wanna learn how to live a victorious life. I wanna learn how to walk in the fullness of everything that Jesus did for me. So this man, he received a miracle in grace and mercy. He received a miracle on credit. And then the Lord is good. The Lord is loving. The Lord is wonderful. The Lord is merciful. The Lord is compassionate. But what then leads to a blessed life, a victorious life? It is taking action on the Word of God. It is being a doer of the Word of God. James tells, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Tell your neighbors, say, do, smile at them, say, do what it says. Smile at your other neighbor, say, do what it says. And again, this, this man, he, he was happy. He was thrilled. You can relate. Lord healed you of a headache and you were excited. Can you imagine leprosy? He was thrilled. He was excited. He wanted to tell everyone he knew. But it doesn't change the fact that he didn't do what Jesus said. He went out doing his own thing instead. So the leper did it, although I would add, he did not do what Jesus said do. As we saw last Sunday, action is required. But if you want the best, you got to do what the word says. If you want the best, you got to do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. And I know sometimes we have the mindset, well, you know, if the Lord Jesus appeared to me, my my life would be forever changed. If the Lord Jesus appeared to me and told me something to do, my life would be forever changed. Even if he appeared to you, you wouldn't do what he said because you have his book, and you don't do what the book says. you got the Holy Spirit moving upon your heart every day. And then the Bible says we resist. Or Paul says we grieve him. And to get to green pastures and still waters, we've got to cooperate. We've got to be willing. We've got to be led. Matthew 8, verse 4, Jesus said, See that you don't tell anyone. Go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. You know, if this was 2023, Jesus would have said, don't tell anyone. Don't post it on Instagram. Don't post it on Facebook. Don't post it on Twitter. But go do what the word says. And this man, He would have had his phone out. But it doesn't change the fact that Jesus gave specific instructions. Specific instructions for him to follow. Don't tell anyone. Go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to him Jesus was telling him first before you do anything else do what the word says first before you do anything else do what the scriptures say do what the old testament commands that was the scripture they had but mark 1 and verse 45 tells us instead he went out and did what Talk freely, told told everyone he knew. And we might all say, oh, that's wonderful, but that's not what Jesus said do. That's not what Jesus said do. And, And what hinders us from God's best? What hinders us from walking in the best of what God has for us? It's doing our own thing and not doing what the word says do. It's doing our own thing and not being led by the Holy Spirit. It's doing our own thing and not doing what Jesus says do. And there are believers today and they would be offended by what Jesus said because he said, go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded. They don't don't believe in doing that. They don't believe in giving. But Jesus said, go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded. You go to Leviticus and you find out that if someone had an infectious skin disease like this and they were cured or they were cleansed or it was better, there was a whole process they had to go through before they could be readmitted to the community. And even after the priest had pronounced them clean, they then had to undergo what we would call personal hygiene and grooming. You know, it's not Bible, but it is true. Cleanliness is next to godliness. You know, our, our kids are still young, they'll play outside, get all hot and sweaty. Well, take a shower, then get your jammies on. Take a bath, then get your jammies on. Why? So so you don't smell. You don't stink. You know, and sometimes I'll I'll whisper to my wife, well, you know, maybe it's fine if they do stink, that'll keep the boys away from them. <laughs> don't don't tell the older girls I said that. You know, want to walk in God's best. You got to follow instructions. Amen. Amen. And so the priest would pronounce them clean, but then there was a whole process for readmission they had to go through. And one of those steps was an offering was to be made. And they were to bring to the priest two male lambs, then a third lamb that was female. The Bible says without defect. And I I was trying to do some Googling. And, uh, you know, maybe I need one of the ranchers to tell me. But it it seemed to me, just doing some some checking, uh, a nice lamb, not talking about the lamb down at Kroger's or Albertson's, a whole lamb still moving around making noise, a nice one would be at least a couple hundred dollars. And so they were to bring two male lambs, a female lamb, all without defect as an offering to the Lord. And you read on in Leviticus 14, if they were poor and did not have the ability to bring three lambs, they were to bring one lamb and also two doves or two pigeons. But even for the smaller gift, you understand there is still a cost to that. And so Jesus told this man, again, he had not yet given his life. He had not yet suffered and died. They were still under the old covenant. So Jesus told this man to do what the word said do. Jesus told this man to be a doer of the word of God. But Mark 1 and verse 45 tells that instead he went out and began to talk freely. So we see two wonderful things in this passage. The Lord is willing. Let that forever be settled, not just in your mind, but in your heart. Why don't we say that? Say the Lord is willing. Say, the Lord is willing. The Lord is willing. If there's a need in your life, if there's a trouble in your life, if there's a heartbreak or a heartache in your life, the Lord is gracious, and the Lord is compassionate, and the Lord is kind, and He wants to do something good and something wonderful in your life. And praise God for His grace, and praise God for His mercy, and praise God for God moving in our lives in the most astounding ways. And do we deserve it? No. It is His goodness and His grace. Say it again. Say, the Lord is willing. Say, the Lord is willing. Say, my Heavenly Father, He wants me well. He wants me healed. He wants me walking in divine health. He wants my needs met. He wants me to have more than enough. He wants me to be blessed in every area of life. You know, the, I see young people, you'd be single, he wants you to be blessed. If you're married, he wants you to be blessed. You have a home, have a family, have children, he wants you to be blessed. And if there's trouble or a heartache or a need, he's good. He wants to do something about it. So we see this powerful, powerful truth in these passages. The Lord is willing. And yet we also see a point of trouble in the lives of so many believers, God does something wonderful. They receive something wonderful from God in grace and mercy. And we, ha- we have specific instructions in the Word of God or the Holy Spirit might lead someone specifically. Or like this man, Jesus spoke to him specifically. But instead of doing what Jesus says instead of doing what the Holy Spirit leads them to do, instead of doing what the Word says, that they just go along and do their own thing. And that is not what leads to a blessed life. It's not what leads to a victorious life. As excited as this man was, he should have done what Jesus said do. He should have kept his lips zipped. He should have gone to who? The priest. He should have done what the Old Testament commanded. He should have figured out some way, somehow, even if he was a man of little means, and all he had to do was bring a lamb and two doves or two pigeons. He should have figured out some way, somehow, to get that done. Why? Because that's what the word says, and that's what Jesus said, do. Go, show yourself to the priest, and offer offer the gift Moses commanded. And this is why, this is one reason why people receive from God, but they don't continue walking in the blessings of God. They don't continue walking in the victory from God. Or they receive a wonderful miracle, a wonderful healing, but they they don't maintain it. They don't keep it because they don't live the life. They don't do what the Word says. They don't follow instructions. They don't do what the Word says do. They don't do what Jesus said do. Rebellion, it is a spirit. And it is everywhere in the culture today. People that it's their opinion, their theory, their idea. They, think they know everything. That's not the kind of life that God can bless. The Bible says that we, we humble ourselves before the Lord and he lifts us up. We humble ourselves before the Lord and he exalts us. And the answer in your life, whether it's a need in your body, a need in your finance, a need in your family, the answer in your life is to bring your life into submission to the word of God and to begin doing what the word of God says. You know, I'll be honest, we, we have five kids, it, Sophie and Michaela are older now and so sometimes with the little ones you know, they, they need a spanking but I don't feel like giving them a spanking. I, I'm busy reading or studying or whatever it is. But the Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. So I got to get past how I feel, set aside whatever it is I'm doing, hit the pause button on all that and handle family business and be a doer of the word of God. And that's what we have to do in every area of life. And it's what leads to a blessed life. So praise God for the miracle. And praise God for the willingness of Jesus. And praise God for the willingness of the Holy Spirit. And praise God for the willingness of our Heavenly Father who is good. And praise God, there are times in our lives where He intervenes. He does something wonderful. It's on the base of grace, on the base of mercy, on the base of compassion. Praise God for those testimonies. Praise God for those victories. But how do I go from that? to living a life of blessing, a life of victory, a life of walking in God's best every day of my life. Well, I have to be a doer of the word of God. I have to live the life. I've got to do what Jesus says do. I've got to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And an example of this we give you often is Isaiah 1, beginning in verse 19. Isaiah 1:19, if you are willing and obedient, It's not just being willing. It's being obedient. It's not just being obedient. It is being willing. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist, if you rebel, what what does that mean? If you persist in doing your own thing, doing life your way, doing your own thing, you will be devoured from the sword. See, God's will is the best God's will is the best in every area of life but we have to be willing we have to be obedient and it's being willing and obedient that leads to a blessed life it's being willing and obedient that leads to a life of victory it's being willing and obedient that leads to a life of continued ongoing miracles you go to Galatians chapter 3 And Paul reminds the believers in the area of Galatia, they're not under the law, they're under grace. He says, if you are led by the Spirit. What's a life led by the Spirit? It's where we're willing and obedient. We're doing what the Word says. We're doing what the Holy Spirit leads us to do. We're we're, we're cooperating. We're not just obedient, we're willing. We're not just willing, we're obedient. Where Where does He lead us? He leads us to green pastures and still waters. And Paul reminds them, how are you saved? By faith. How did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? By faith. How do we we receive healing in our bodies? By faith. Faith in what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. Then how do we live the blessed life every day of our lives? How do we enforce the victory that we have in Christ? How do we walk in victory and blessing every day of our lives. We've got to do what this man did not do. We've got to do what Jesus says. We've got to do what the word says. We've got to be both willing and obedient. And it's being willing and obedient, and obedient and willing, that leads to a blessed life. And it leads to a life of victory. After you receive from God, you might come up to me and say, Austin, the Lord has done the most wonderful thing in my life. You know, many of the prayer requests that we have are regarding a a wayward family member or a wayward young adult or a wayward teenager. You know, people may not want to know the way I pray about those situations, especially the young adults. I pray, Lord, they would not have any peace, any rest. Lord, I pray that they would not be able to even sleep, sleep soundly until they repent until they make things right with you, until they make things right with their parents, until they they come through these doors and ask Aaron Woods forgiveness. I I pray that they would not have any peace, that they would not have any rest until they, they completely make things right with you, with their parents, their spiritual leadership. But it takes a young man or young woman being willing and obedient, being obedient and willing. Cooperate. And someone might come to me and say, Austin, the Lord arrested me out of nowhere. I think of the Apostle Paul. Before he became Paul, he was Saul. He was on his way to Damascus to harass the church, to harass and to persecute believers. And the Lord arrested him, intervened in his life along that road. And he eventually became the great Apostle Paul and wrote the majority of the New Testament. You might say, Austin, the Lord has intervened in my life. He has done something wonderful. A a need that I I didn't know would be met has been met. Or something I I suffered with in my body. There's been healing. But after you receive from God, what comes first? What comes next? Doing what the word says. Matthew 8, verse 4. See that you don't tell anyone. Go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. After you receive from God, what comes first? What comes next? Doing what the word of God says. After you receive from God, what comes first? What comes next? What comes every day until you step into eternity to see the Lord face to face? doing what the word of God says. And if you'll have eyes to see it, if you'll have a heart to see it, doing what the word of God says in every area of life, your home, if you're married, your marriage, if you have children, your parenting, your family, doing what the word of God says in your work life, your work ethic, doing what the word of God says in every area of life, that's what leads to a blessed life. That's what leads to God's best. After you receive from God, what comes first, what comes next? Doing what the word of God says. Isaiah 119, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the best from the land. Jesus did not want to rain on this man's parade. He had suffered from one of the most horrible things anyone could ever suffer with. Jesus simply told him to do what the Word of God said to do, because it's doing what the Word says that leads to a blessed life. Please bow your heads. You might be here this morning and say, Austin, you've spoken about the goodness of God. You've spoken about the family of God, but I, I know I'm not a part of that family. Jesus told a man who was a religious leader, and he, he was embarrassed. He came to see Jesus at night, didn't want other religious leaders to know, but he came to see Jesus. But Jesus told this man who was a religious leader, he said, you must be born again. You might say, Austin, like you, have grown up in church my whole life. That, that's not enough. Jesus said, you must be born again. You might, you might say, Austin, my, my parents or my, my aunt, my uncle, it's not enough. Jesus said, you must be born again. And you you know in your heart whether or not you've ever repented of your sins. You you know in your heart whether or not you've ever surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. And have asked him to save you, to be the Lord and the Savior of your life. Jesus told Nicodemus, the religious leader, he said, you must be born again. And that's my Message to you today. Say, Austin, I've never prayed that prayer. I've never surrendered my life to God. But I want to be a part of the family of God. I want to be saved. I want to know that God is my father. I want to know that heaven is my home. What do you say to me? What Jesus said. You must be born again. If you're here today and say, Austin, I know I'm not born again, and I want to be. I want to be born again. I want to be a part of the family of God. That's you this morning. Wherever you're seated, raise your hand. Raise it up high to where I'll see it, and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to be born again. I want to ask Jesus to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. That's you. Wherever you're seated, raise your hand. Raise it to where I'll see it. You might also be here today, and at a time in your life, you, you prayed a prayer. You walked and I'll, but you know in your heart you've not been living for God. You have been doing your own thing, and in doing that, you have paid the price. You haven't walked in God's best, and perhaps you've blamed God. Perhaps you've blamed others. Today, you can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start. The Bible tells us that the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, He's faithful. He's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're here this morning, say, Austin, pray with me. I want to recommit my life. I want to make things right with God before I leave today. If that's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise it up high to where I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. I see your hand. Thank you. I'm going to ask if you raised your hand for either invitation that you come, grab your belongings, come join me at the front. We're going to pray with you. And everyone here will be excited for you, thrilled. One time in their life, they, they too made the decision to follow Jesus. And maybe you didn't raise your hand for either invitation, but the Lord is moving on your heart. Come join us at the front. We're going to pray. God bless you. Repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins. And I ask Jesus to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for a new beginning. And thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. If you'll go with the wonderful people here, they have got some things to bless you with. They'll get you right back in the service. The Lord, he is good. You've heard my father, senior pastor, say all the time that every every command, it's for our good. You know, when I was in college, had a professor in English of all things, and he'd love to mock the Old Testament. He'd love to mock Leviticus. But in in your annual Bible reading, when you get to Leviticus, don't have a bad attitude. Because as you read through Leviticus, you can see the love of God. He loved his people. He wanted them to live long lives. He wanted them to live healthy lives. And so, yes, when someone had something on their body or skin and it was oozing, yes, he told them, don't touch that. He loved his people. He wanted them to live blessed lives. He wanted them to live long lives. He wanted them to live healthy lives. And so even when you read that, you can see the love of God. And then know that in Christ, we have a covenant that is even better, with better promises. And in Christ, we're not the servants of God. In Christ, we're not the slaves of God. In Christ Jesus, we are sons and daughters with the full rights, the full benefits, the full privileges. And so he wants us to walk in his best. Why? Because he's a good father. Why? Because he loves us. It's an old song, but it's a good one. Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. He gave his life. What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. He loves you. I said he loves you. And you might, might still be wondering, is the Lord willing? Yes. I said, yes, the Lord's willing. Get that in your heart. He's willing. He's willing. He's willing. He's willing. He's willing. You might say, oh, Austin, I don't know if I, I deserve it. It's not on the base of deserving it. It's on the base of what Jesus Christ did. <laughs> I said it's on the base of what Jesus Christ did on our behalf. That we're saved. That we receive his spirit. That we're healed and made well in our bodies. Yes, I am willing. So when you go forth today and go forth this week and go to work and drop kids off at school or go to school, whatever it is you got going on, know that he loves you. Know that he's willing. And if we'll be willing and if we'll obey and we'll cooperate, we'll walk in his best.